Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Standing up for what's right. This is The Roy Green Show. If you have money in the market, it has been one heck of a roller coaster week. The Dow Jones dropping more than a thousand points twice. That's the first time in history that's happened. So it happens twice in one week. People are tossing and turning on their pillows. We will later on in the show be talking to Tom Caldwell, the chairman of Caldwell Securities, with seats on both the New York and Toronto stock exchanges about what's going on in the market and whether or not you should be personally concerned. Christine Elliott was running for the leadership of the Ontario Progressive Conservative Party and hopes to be the next premier of the province after the June 7th election. I spoke with her about an hour ago. We'll play that interview back for you later on in the show today. And uh, the conflict between Alberta and British Columbia. And really has this country talking as it should, when two partners in confederation are at each other's economic throats. That is something to uh, we should all be paying very close attention to, and somebody needs to mediate this. I don't think the prime minister is going to do it because Alberta and British Columbia are serving his purpose of trying to make sure the pipeline isn't built. That's my view, not just mine. John McComb will join us, host of The John McComb Show on CKNW in Vancouver. And Ryan Jesperson, host of The Ryan Jesperson Show on 630 Chat in Edmonton. They will both join us later on and give us the perspectives from their provinces. And they did a simulcast where their listeners talk to each other. So we'll find out what happened in that and take some calls from you. We're going to begin with this. You've, uh, you've heard over the last few days particularly about Jack Letts. Some in British media have labeled him Jihadi Jack. He's a Muslim convert from Oxfordshire, England. He made his way to Syria and the ISIS capital of Raqqa, the uh, caliphate capital that uh, ISIS said that Raqqa was. And according to uh, Jack Letts' parents, John and Sally Letts, their son denounced ISIS and was locked up in nine successive ISIS jails after being put on trial by ISIS for denouncing the group as un-Islamic. Story goes on, and it's also repeated in the Daily Mail online that uh, he escaped and hid out in Raqqa before managing to make his way to Kurdish territory, where he's currently being held by YPG Kurdish militia. Now, Mr. Letts is begging Canada to negotiate his release from Kurdish prison and for Canada to take him in. He's a Canadian UK dual citizen. His father is Canadian. The United Kingdom, by the way, has shown no interest in uh, making it possible for Jack Letts to return to uh, to Britain, from what I understand. John Letts joins us. He's the father of uh, Jack Letts. He joins us from the U.K. 
Mr. Letts, thank you very much for taking the time. Oh, my pleasure, Roy. Thank you for having me on your program. Is your son a member of ISIS? Uh, absolutely not. Never been. Um, condemned him all the time. Uh, no, I, I, you know, people can say I'm just a father in denial or I'm naive or anything like that. But no, there's never been any evidence to show that. If there was, I'd love to know it, because if he really was a member of ISIS, I'd be the first to queue up and condemn him. Uh, no, uh, and, and nothing's been presented to show us to this. He's been um, against it from the beginning. And by the way, he only ended up in Raqqa because he was hurt in, in Iraq. He was living actually in Iraq, and his house was bombed, apparently. Now, you know, I, I say, uh, obviously, I'm not there, and, and really, Jack's got to speak for himself of what we know. He only went to Raqqa towards the end of his trip um, there, or his, uh, when he went there, and to, to be treated in a hospital. It's not that he kind of ended up in the capital of the caliphate because he was part of such a caliphate. Did so he no, not? I understand. I, I read that he he wanted to go to the ISIS territory because he was of the view that they had, in fact, created a, a sort of a perfect Muslim state to live in. Do I understand that correctly? Uh, well, I mean, I think, first of all, when he went, um, when he left Oxford, I, uh, I, the caliphate hadn't been even declared, and not many people knew about ISIS. I mean, we're, we were kind of up on physical events, but I didn't really know what ISIS was very much. I think the concept of a caliphate, um, as much as we might think that's a horrible idea, or many of us do, I mean, I'm not a very religious fellow myself, um, but uh, I think there were a lot of Muslims who thought that perhaps there was some genuinely Islamic state was being created. And according to Jack and many people, I think, who have very strong Islamic views, that if there is, according to the Quran, from what I understand, if there is a genuine Islamic state, um, well, Islamic society, that it's a duty of a, of a Muslim to live in it. Now, Jack has OCD. You've probably read that, too. Very intense child. When he gets into something, he's really into it. And he learned Arabic in six months, and he decided that this... I think his Islam had a lot to do with his OCD. I mean, we don't have time to go into that, but... Um, I mean, I had no, we had no, obviously no idea he was going. He just went to learn Arabic in, in Kuwait. Uh, and only later did he phone and said, oh, yes, I, I'm in Syria, but I'm actually going to Iraq. Um, so he went, I think, to explore that idea. I mean, he's 18. He had finished high school. He was full of energy. He wanted to. He said it's a duty of a Muslim to help other Muslims. And given what was going on in Syria, all the bombing and Assad, uh, the oppression that was going on, he said, maybe I can do something. And that was his language skills. And he could work in a hospital, he could work in a school, he could do something. And, you know, I would like him to answer this question, Roy, to be quite honest. I mean, you know, we, we well, we did what we could to, to help get him out, because mm -hmm. that's really what happened in the last 18 months before he left Raqqa, but papers don't seem to report. It's really great to speak to someone directly like this, because obviously we haven't been able to talk about it to anyone because of the gagging order that we're under. Yeah, I wanted to ask you about that. You sent him money. Your son asked for money. And it no, was, we tried to send him You tried to send him money. Why did the British government take you to court for funding a terrorist operation? Is that correct? Uh, yes, that's happening in while um, uh, at the Old Bailey um, in the dock uh, in September. Um, but we're also challenging the whole law in the Supreme Court on April 19th. Uh, basically, for about, uh, well, for a year, uh, let's say going to in 2015, this has been going on for such a long time, 
Um, he was sending lots of messages to us saying, I've got to get out of here. Please, Mom, please, Dad. You know, they, they're hunting down my friends because we're all standing against them. I mean, there was resistance activity inside Raqqa against ISIS. And he said, I'm in hiding. They have arrested me many times. They put me on trial in Mosul. But I, I and in the court, um, one, I don't think they expected him to speak Arabic. And, and he defended himself saying, well, that's actually against the Quran. You guys are not even Muslims. Uh, going back to what you said earlier. <clears throat> so anyway, um, they put him in jail. But they always got, he was in house arrest where he escaped. But at the end, he was living in hiding. He said a lot of his friends have been killed. And the only way out is a people smuggler. Whether we like that term or not, it was the only way out. If ISIS catches you, caught you uh, escaping, um, they just chop your head off. And he said a lot of his friends had been killed. So we were getting these messages, which were really difficult as a parent. And um, he said, and he would say, well, there's a window of opportunity. My friends are leaving with a people smuggler. If I can get a thousand pounds, then I can get out. Um, so we went to the police because the police said we'd been working with the police who kept prom the counterterrorism police in the UK kept saying, you know, we're working together on this. We want to help you get him out. You know, we just want to question him. As far as we know, he's done nothing wrong. There's no evidence. There's no chit-chat on the social media about him. There's no photos of him posing with weapons. There's nothing like that. But we want to detain him and, 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 and question him. And we, we thought that was great. Please detain him. I don't have a problem with that. Um, so uh, we so he sent a message. Uh, right, This was in December 2015. He said, look, with a 1,000 pounds, please, Mom, uh, you send that. I, I will. Um, I can get out. So we went to the police and we asked the counterterrorism police, and they said yes, send the money. So we tried, and and the first one was blocked. But we thought it was just an administrative issue, and we tried to send another 500, think, being very naive, but thinking it was just uh, an issue about. They told us it was just about an issue sending money to that area, and and um, obviously it was blocked by the police, and then we were arrested. I mean, we'd been in. We'd been, we were also talking to all sorts of other groups. We actually went to the high court to try to get permission to officially send it. So we felt we would, you know, it's a Canadian-British citizen. We just wanted to get him out. I mean, I would never give a penny for terrorism. I mean, that's outrageous. I've had friends who were caught in the bombing in London. I mean, I'm as terrified and upset and, and, and fearful of, of this extremism as anyone. Anyway, it was to get him out, and they put us on. So they arrested us. They threw us in jail in the summer of 2016. I spent a week on remand in what they say is the worst prison in in Europe. Uh, it was in solitary. I should point out, uh, literally, no doctor, no phone call, no, no, not no lawyer, nothing for a week. So I nothing in the cell except an empty desk and a blocked up window. So he's had 35 days in solitary. So I, I kind of understand what he must have gone through. So by the end of that one week, I was at the end of my tether. And Jack, obviously, if you've read the reports, was clearly at the end of his. Mm -hmm. uh, anyway, so, uh, that's, so we were then released right away by another judge who said, this is outrageous. These parents only did this to try to help their child. So um, and, and anyway, so it keeps being delayed because we've realized, we, well, we've challenged the law uh, on a point of law because the charges extremely, um, what's the word? I mean, Serious, right? It, I mean, it's a... yeah, well, yeah, it's serious, but also the charges, you know, there was a risk that the money you tried to send could have been used for, for terrorism. Now, I fully appreciate that I wouldn't want to give 10p to any extremist group like that, but, you know, we were working with the police. Well, you did say that the, the anti-terrorism police unit had told you to go ahead and send the money. Yeah, that's exactly right. Can happened. you hold on? The, can you hold on a minute? Yeah. Yeah, I have to take sure. a break. We'll come back with 
John Letts joins us from uh, the UK. His father, he's the son of, uh, father of uh, Jack Letts, and he was dubbed Jihadi Jack by some in British media. So, uh, a lot more questions for Mr. Letts, I, I have to ask. His son wants to come to this country. He's asking, pleading with Canada to take him in. And the UK has shown no interest. So, should our government uh, let uh, Jack Letts into, into Canada? His father tells us, and uh, Jack Letts says he was never a member of ISIS. What I'm curious about is, if you're opposed to ISIS in Raqqa, and you speak your mind about it, you tell them they're not Muslims, and they take you to court, and you tell them that, how is it that they don't execute you? We'll talk to John uh, Letts about that when we come back on The Green Show on the Cordless Radio Network. Looking for the truth and not worried about rattling some cages to get at it, this is The Roy Green Show. Send your emails to Roy at RoyGreenShow.com. Follow me on Twitter at the Roy Green Show, and the RoyGreenShow.com is my webpage. You can listen back to anything we air there and download the interviews like the one I'm conducting with uh, John Letts at the moment, the father of Jack Letts, who has been dubbed by the British media, summoned British media, as Jihadi Jack. And uh, you've heard that uh, Jack Letts wants to come to this country. He's a Canadian citizen, British citizen. Wants to come to Canada, the UK has no interest in having him come back to, to Britain, from what I understand. Mr. Letts tells us that his son is not a member of ISIS, who in fact argued against him, and uh, told ISIS members that they, or ISIS, that they were not real Muslims. Um, John, thank you again for taking the time. And I, I want to clarify a couple of things, and just do very quickly. From listen, listeners have, uh, are, are asking, uh, a couple of people have asked, did your son go to Syria and Iraq to learn Arabic, or did he learn Arabic in England before he went there? He learned Arabic. No, he learned Arabic. He's very, very good with languages, Jack. I mean, he, he, found he can switch accents perfectly Canadian or perfectly British. He uh, learned Arabic mostly in Oxford. Um, he used to just talk to anyone he could. He okay. spoke Arabic, we, um, okay. and but and then went to Kuwait. Actually, went on a holiday to Jordan. Um, he just finished high school with okay. friends, and then ended up in Kuwait. So, take us back to what happened when you were taken uh, to prison. You were put in solitary confinement for uh, funding terrorism. That was the charge, was it? Yeah. Uh, well, yes, it was. The charge is actually um, there is a risk. We believe, it's, it, the law is basically, the police say, we believe that there is a risk, there was a risk that some of the money you tried to send could have been used for terrorism. Okay. That's the charge, and that's 14 years um, in jail for that. And, and the thing is, the, it, it, it's really the opinion of the police that, that, that that's based on. So we're challenging that opinion and saying, well, actually, we think you should have some evidence to prove that there was some intent, you know, there was no, certainly no intent. So this and case, your case isn't over yet as far as that is oh, concerned. Oh, no, no, no. But but we're under uh, under British law, not in Canada, but under British contempt of court. We can't even mention that we're on trial. So, But you, you, can, so you can on this program because you're speaking yes. to Canada. Okay. <laughs> and I'm speaking to you too, Roy, which is great. Um, but I think uh, uh, 
well, yeah, that's that's what we've been told that it's that we can't say. So the papers here, of course, have been printing all sorts of allegations and stuff about Jack, mostly all made up and about us. And they seem to get away with it because they're very powerful media organizations, and we we can't defend ourselves because they won't print what what we have to say. Okay. It's like this term jihadi Jack that you keep mentioning. I mean, you know, no one questions where that came from, and I can tell you exactly how this whole avalanche started, which was. Um, you know, in the September, October, when Jack left, this is 2014 now, um, we were kind of suckered into talking to a journalist from a Sunday paper here, who we did for a few minutes, for, for a little while, and then said, mm, we're not comfortable with this, because, you know, we, we don't really all know what's going on. But he, we told him that Jack had phoned and said he'd gone to Syria, but he was on his way to Iraq. We told that journalist that, but he then twisted that in the paper and said... He coined the term Jihadi Jack, and he said Jack phoned and told his parents that he had gone to Syria and joined ISIS. Well, that was never the case. He never said that. But it was completely invented. Once that hit the papers, it was on the wire, and absolute avalanche of everyone inventing stuff, posing with weapons, all this stuff. It was a pure invention, and I can't wait for this to be over to sue him for the lie. And once that's out, we couldn't change it. Anyway, that wasn't the question you asked me, Ryan. No, no, it's fine. It's fine. You know, I'll ask you questions. You take it where you feel you need to take it. I'll bring you back on course if I, you know, there's questions I need answers to, and there are questions I need answers to. But how did this, so you were released from prison after a week in solitary, and uh, the case continues. Um, Yes. um, um, So we're, we're, as I say, we're going to the Supreme Court in, in April, and if we if you know challenging the whole basis of the anti-terrorism law and what we've been charged the fact that we think they need evidence mm-hmm. if we win that great but uh, from what i can tell from what we've been told that they are still very intent on uh on taking us to court in september apparently quite a few people have been charged uh with you know sending tiny amounts of money or a pair of running shoes or something like that to yeah. colleagues and to, to their family now you know and i i want to stop all that too i have no problem with that Okay. We really did try to cooperate with the police to get Jack out and to get him into his, their hands, and so I really didn't expect this to be All right. around on us. John, you've agreed to stay with you, ba- Hold on, uh, John has agreed to stay with us beyond the half hour, so I want to really want to speak to him about about what's going on uh, involving his son, and then we'll talk more about what happened in uh, in Syria and in Raqqa, and uh, with his son and ISIS, and you can decide for yourselves whether you're comfortable with the idea of Jack Letts being permitted into this country. I also want to know from John why Britain is uh, not interested in having Jack Letts return to the U.K. or has shown no interest. We'll come right back. You know you hit the big leagues when you're a guest on his show. This is The Roy Green Show. So the Prime Minister of Canada, Justin Trudeau, has said he will allow ISIS terrorists, ISIS killers, members of ISIS, not, a, not hard to make that jump, from being a member of ISIS to feeling, suggesting, having a sense of, maybe finding evidence that they were individually killers and terrorists who engaged in atrocities 
on behalf of ISIS. Prime Minister says he's going to let them back into this country if they're Canadian citizens and uh, they can be rehabilitated and they can provide extraordinary services to Canada. I think that's insane. But uh, that's what the Prime Minister said. Now, we're talking about Jack Letts. And he is a Canadian citizen and a British citizen. And he was in the Middle East. He was in Iraq and then, uh, as his dad has been telling us, and we'll get back to John in just a moment, made his way to Syria after he was injured. And uh, I hope I have this all correctly. And uh, was in Raqqa where he informed ISIS after he found that it wasn't exactly what he anticipated find the Islamic State would be, but they were un-Islamic, and he spoke Arabic, speaks Arabic extremely well. Uh, John, we I have some significant questions here for you, so we're just going to have to move a little bit more quickly. Okay. And if we have uh, extra time at the end, then we can expand it a bit. But uh, let me ask you, does, does your friend, does your son have friends who are ISIS fighters? Uh, ask, I, I don't know. Ask him. I'm sure he must know people who must have been there. Um, he was in Raqqa. He must have met them. But from the sounds of it, there were quite a group of people who were opposing them as well. Yeah. I take I, it from... I'm no expert on, on what the dynamics inside that. But because Jack was quite a dedicated Muslim, I think he was able to say, well, look, you know, if you're killing people like me, yeah. who are real committed Muslims, I mean, he wants to train to be a, a, an Islamic scholar. So if they're killing people like that, well, it would look really bad in society. That's how I. That's what people have, have explained it to us. Okay, here's a question: If if he says this to uh, to the to ISIS in Raqqa, challenges them up front, and they take him to court, um, how is it that he survived that? We 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 constantly heard that if you challenge them, particularly on any of their beliefs, and they had you in their custody, you weren't going to survive. Yeah, it sounds, I realize it's quite, he, and he keeps saying, he said, I, I can't believe I'm still alive, and most people I know, including the Kurds who first picked him up, couldn't believe he was alive. They called him a hero when they first got him. But that happened in Mosul, from what I gather, but then there was house arrest in, in Raqqa. I mean, I don't know all the details here. I want to speak to him about this, but, you know, I haven't spoken to him directly in two years, mm -hmm. and we've had text messages only seven months ago, and then just recently this last lot, but we didn't get to speak to him. So I, I have a lot of questions to ask him about all of this and yeah. all these details. But but it's the assumption that he was some murdering, raping, killing ISIS person is what I'm challenging because I don't see any evidence for that. I wish, you know, please show it to me, somebody. And given what I've seen, you know, it isn't there. But it does seem, well, I think, I think they couldn't kill everyone. I think there was quite a lot of opposition. I know he was terrified, thinking he wasn't going to make it. And when you get a message just before Raqqa fell, we were getting messages from him saying, well, we, we, we had the goodbye message saying, thanks for being, you know, decent parents, uh, but uh, I'm, there's no way I'm going to make it out of here. This is obviously what God, Allah, wants from me. And I would, and because ISIS will kill me if they catch me escaping, and, and obviously if he gets picked up, he'll probably get killed on the way out. So, goodbye. So that was kind of difficult. Um, and that's what we're seeing. And, and then you know, it was miraculous three weeks later when we got a text out of Blue saying, I'm with the Kurds. It's great. Yeah, no, it, so he, was, briefly, he, he was in ISIS territory for three years. And was he being yeah. hunted at that time? And was he, because I understand that he was, he was hiding and hiding in, in Raqqa. Was he being actively hunted by ISIS? 
uh, the last 18 months, he said yes. Uh, well, they're hunting everyone and, and anybody who kind of resisted them in any way. I think it was like civil disobedience kind of stuff. What I heard, I, I really don't, you know, I'm really not an expert on this. Mm-hmm. And I think the whole story of what went on inside that is yet to come out because I think, you know, the media has tended, well, there weren't any media inside, how do you know? And, and it is difficult you know who to believe and, and what's going on and yeah. you can see all that. No, I but understand. I, I understand your perspective. That. You're the you're the father, you know, and, and and you know your son, and you you want to believe the yeah. best of your son, and I understand that. We're in this country. We're looking at people who want to come to Canada. We're looking at a prime minister who says he's going to uh, actually allow committed ISIS members back into Canada. Believes they can extraordinarily c- contribute to Canada, and many of us are saying that's mad. Um, but you know, there's, there's there's so much going on that uh, the, yeah, the we the, we have to talk about and i would imagine that you would say uh, you would be in opposition to actual members of isis being allowed to re-enter a society i imagine and uh, and operate freely in that society and have the prime minister suggest uh, they could do extraordinary things at the same time what i'm saying that i know you don't want to upset the co- the government because you're trying to get your son in here no uh, no i mean in a nutshell i agree with you I mean, I don't want any any violent, nasty extremists walking around, as you said, walking around freely, is, is I think the point. Yeah. The first reaction is the same one that you have, obviously. I have family and friends who walk the streets of Canada like anyone, and I intend to walk the streets of Canada again. Yeah. Um, but it's it's. I think that's the first reaction. But then I think the second tier of thinking about that has to be a bit more thought through. Um, and And one, they're not going to be walking around freely. I mean, people, you know, one, they sh- it, look, if they've done crimes, so we all agree to this, but that's what I think is great about Canada as opposed to Britain. I mean, I believe in the rule of law. I believe in justice. You know, I believe people, we have to, although it's quite a tough one at the moment, but there's still got to be some sort of presumption of innocence until proven guilty. I mean, that's the cornerstone of democracy, the cornerstone of law. That's the Magna Carta. You know, the British response here of ministers, Minister of Defence, Minister of International D- Development here was, Anybody who went to Syria should be hunted down and killed. Well, if that's re- that's just that's squad. I mean, I understand that if you're the victim of a bomb blast or you know that that the, the, the fear of a bomb causing massive damage, you know, we have to be incredibly vigilant. But I think that is, from what I hear and experts have written, that's doable. And anyway, everyone should be detained at the border. Anybody who's any hint of suspicion of having been out there should be detained, not allowed to walk. Yeah, well, you see, our Prime Minister is not talking about anybody doing any prison time. I, you know, we all understand that you have to find that there is guilt, but to say that someone who was a participating member of ISIS can contribute extraordinarily to your country and then equate them with legitimate immigrants who have come to the country and built the country is a position that is unsustainable and just seems absolutely... I'll say it again, yeah, I, insane. I, I, yeah, and, and, and I'm, I'm not, you know, I'm not competent to talk about No, that, I understand. I get, what, I get it. From I get what it. I've heard, from what I gather, uh, inside that Islamic world, and I, I'm really no expert on this, however, I think the feeling, from what I've heard, and I, I've read, read, read a fair amount about this, that the concept was to build a caliphate inside Syria and the enemies of the caliphate inside Syria, but that... A lot of those people didn't have a problem with clearly Western societies in other places like Canada. I mean, you know, has Canada done too much to oppress the world? Not very much. So uh, I think there, there are, it is, is it possible to ever, you know, help anyone, uh, 
change someone's view like that. I, I think you know it may well be possible. I don't know. And I don't think so. I, I doubt well, because because they were looking they were looking for an I end of times battle. It, Roy. I don't feel competent about it, but yeah. I understand the fear. But but first you've got to prove that someone has been a member of ISIS. Then it's a different kettle of fish. And as far as I can see, you know, as, well, I I know my son, as you say, I do know my son, and and I know how he was certainly before he left. I'm not saying people can't change their mind and, and be brainwashed and all the rest of it, but he wouldn't have heard a flea when he was here. And his view about Islam was, you know, you can't injure a blade of grass. He's a purist, Roy. He's a, he has an obsessive OCD tendency, and I knew he was going to fall out with ISIS immediately bumped into him. And he, he told us in Iraq, ISIS had nothing to do with where they were. He was living with the people. John, um, you, you have all this information about him, and you believe in yeah, your son, and I understand. And you, you, no, no, no. I, I'm, I, I'm asking you questions. I really appreciate yeah. that you've come on the program, because we, we want to find out what we can. We want to know what we can. Yeah. Now, why is it that the British government is not showing any interest in having your son return to the UK? If you tell them the same things you've said to us here today, yeah. why are the Brits... Not saying, well, we'll at least give him a chance. Simple, well, give uh, a simple answer in our case. I mean, you know, there are many Brits who went over there, and, you know, a lot of really nasty ones like these. The Beatles. It's such a corruption of the word Beatle, isn't it? Yeah. Like the music, but I don't like the, the jerks who went out. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, there, there is clearly an issue, and we've had bombs here and everything. But I think our case is, in a sense, slightly different. Remember, we're being put on trial for funding terrorism, and they really want to nail down that as a cornerstone of their anti-terrorism. They've spent over three million pounds, that double that in Canadian, on prosecuting us. So imagine if Jack is freed, and there's no evidence against him. What happens to our prosecution? They've spent all this money and time and destroyed our lives for three years. I mean, we've been blacklisted. You know, they, they, they've you know, closed their bank accounts, all this kind of stuff they've done to us. So much about being innocent and proven guilty. They've just tried to destroy our lives, my business. I'm at the farm here. They've tried to destroy so much. And if, 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 all the, if it comes out that he's innocent, and he would be, if anybody, a witness. But if, that, if he comes out and there's nothing against him, we're, I think our prosecution is going to look a little bit um, difficult. Mm-hmm. So I think that's one reason. But I think it's also they don't want to open the door to just anybody flooding back. And, and I get that. But somehow there's got to be a way of separating between those who are, there's clear evidence, there's chit-chat on social media, there's photographs, like, you know, these people were proud to be ISIS fighters, proud to pose with heads and everything else. I mean, there is nothing like that for Jack, except one photo where he's standing on a rock outside of Raqqa, after he'd been there. If you look closely, you'll see he was injured in his arm. And, and, and he stood on a rock, but I have exactly, I have a photo from when he was eight years old, and it's online if you search for it. Eight years old, he's in exactly the same pose with his finger up, because he was always a poser, as we say over here. Uh, he posed in front of, he was always, you know, with his fingers in the air. And that sign is the Taweed. Now, it's been corrupted by ISIS, but that finger in the air, I'm told, is the symbol of Islam. It's this oneness of Allah or something. So it doesn't necessarily mean it's an ISIS salute as the papers have interpreted it. So okay. you know, he's John, got to answer all these questions, Roy. You know, I wish he was he was talking to you. Yeah, me. yeah. Let, let me get you to hold on. I have to take one more break and then we'll come back and talk some more. Finish the hour with uh, with John Letts. I appreciate him staying as long as he has because we do have questions and, and I want to find out what Canada's involvement has been so far 
And uh, yeah, this is uh, this is amazing uh, to hear from the dad. We'll come back. Stay with us. His bark is worse than his bite. This is the Roy Green Show. I'm speaking with uh, John Letts, the father of Jack Letts, who was dubbed Jihadi Jack by some in British media. And you're, you're hearing Mr. Letts speak about his son, who wants to come to this country and is pleading to come to Canada so he can get out of the uh, Kurdish detention. And from what I understand, the Kurds would be quite willing to have um, Jack Letts leave if there's an official request from, from this country. Um, John, who have, can you tell us what level of interest there is from Canada? Do you, have you been in contact with anybody from our government? Is our government actively engaged in trying to get your son into Canada? Well, we've been in contact with the Canadian government for two and a half years trying to get him out. Um, when we were trying to get him out, we tried all the official channels first before, you know, trying to do it ourselves. And, you know, that's ended up. So, yes, we contacted Global Affairs. When he, when he got out in May, we then rekindled it with um, Global Affairs Canada, who, of course, have told us not to talk to the media about this because it's all very diplomatic, etc. But the problem is they say the, the Kurds are non-state actors, as they put it, so that it's very difficult to speak to them. They can't find anyone to speak to. Well, they have set up quite a state, the Democratic Federation of Northern Syria. Um, so... There are officials all over. So we've been working with them, trying to encourage them to do all they can. And, and they have, uh, well, it's when Jack made contact three weeks ago. So that, that, so that was eight, what, nine months ago. And for nine months, they've been telling us we're doing everything we can to try to get Jack out, that we, we are going to try to get him to Canada. We, what, they, what their key message was, we don't want any Canadians tortured, and we're going to do everything we can to prevent that. We, we don't tolerate that in Canada. Whether they're guilty or not, that can be sorted out later, but we don't want Canadians tortured. And so we're trying all we can to do that. Well, that's been nine months, and we're running out of time because he's, he's actually very ill. He's got a family kidney disease. He's been passing kidney stones without any pain, pain relief. Well, he tried to hang himself, as you know. Uh, he's locked in a cell with 30 people, all of the people probably he was opposed to, by the way. He's, he's got a growth on his privates. Um, which is getting worse. So I think, you know, he, it, he's not going to last forever where he is. So we have to do something, which is why we've gone to the media, because we need a bit more action than what's happening. And the Kurds have said, well, we're happy to hand over to the British or to the Canadians, so open the door. So we thought everything was starting to roll. We've, we, we've had a Canadian lawyer involved, and, you know, we, I've written to every MP in the Canadian Parliament. I had two responses so far. Um and uh, and we've had no well we, we've had acknowledgments from foreign affairs, but so we thought things were rolling because now that he he managed to speak to a global affairs that was because a, a, a British Sunday paper published an article talking about the horrible detention he's in and talking about the Kurds and and the democratic state that they're supposedly constructing, 
And that's when he was allowed to speak to Global Affairs. So once he spoke to them, um, we had we have messages now. It's pretty clear what's been going on. So we thought things were going to start to roll. But then I've heard there's been a statement saying from the minister's office saying, well, we're not sure if he's coming to Canada. So as far, which is devastating because for eight months we've been working as best as we could with Global Affairs. And I think they have been working pretty hard certainly to, to get access. I mean, the Red Cross hasn't been allowed access for ever since he's been in detention for nine mm-hmm. months. I thought, you know, international human rights laws is at least the Red Cross can get in. Okay, I, have, I don't really know what's going on, Roy. Okay, I have 90 seconds left. Are you aware of other parents, other families who are trying similarly to get their sons or daughters out of that area, whether doesn't, regardless of whether they're in Kurdish custody or not? Uh, is the there a group of families no. working together? No, because no. we're not in the we're not Muslims. You know, we're not in the in, in in Muslim society. There probably are some, but they don't. You know, we don't okay. talk to them. They don't talk to us. There's no group for this, and everyone's terrified. So, John, I mean, in the in the less than sixty seconds we have left, talking to people across this country now, they're hearing you across Canada. Make your case, please. I mean, I'm not. Why should we accept your son? Because he's Canadian, and he believes, and I think fundamentally will believe in the values of Canada like I do. I believe that people are innocent until guilty. I think Canada is a much more, I don't mean tolerant of extremism, but tolerant of other religions and other faiths and, and, and other perspectives. Give them a chance. People are innocent until proven guilty. I mean, he wants to live in Canada. We all do. And that was our plan. So, you know, if he's done something wrong, he should pay the price. I totally agree with that. But give him a chance to speak, to defend himself. Don't let him rot in a, in a prison cell, when he actually stood against the people that were against. I mean, those are the people we could use to talk the extremists out, because in the end, we're going to have to face this issue. And he understands it from the inside. He's seen the brutality, and he's condemned it. Those are the people we need to, to manage that extremism in Islamic society. Right. And I think that's an enlightened perspective that Canada has that Britain doesn't have. John, I he's thank Canadian. you. I, th- I thank you for the time. Uh, and, Thank you and we'll, very we'll, much, Roy. I'm sorry I go on. No, 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 no. We'll, we'll stay in touch with you and, and talk with, uh, speak with you again if you're willing to do that. Yeah, I, I always would be. Okay. Thank, Thank you, John. Thank you very much for, for talking to me. All the best to you and to your wife. Uh, John Letts from the UK. We'll come back.